Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2224. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, what is that name I recommend to you? Racing, of course. I'm with a very special guest by the name of Gene Crouch. Gene, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm all gas and no brakes. Let's go. <laughs> now, what I should say, are you ready to uh, twist the wrist? Do you have your helmet and boots on? Because we're going to be talking about motorcycles today. You know, even those cars, yeah, if it rolls on rubber, we love it here. So what's one little thing that people don't know about Gene Crouch? Oh, one little thing that people don't know about me. In this industry, I am uh, Chief Operating Officer of Amy Pro Racing. Uh, not many people in the industry know that I started my career on two wheels, but without a motor. I was a, a BMX racer uh, and then turned to BMX dirt and street uh, through high school and into in, in my college years. So that is a little known fact about me within the industry here. Well, you're a bit younger than I am, but when I was a kid, uh, we were kind of at the age where we were taking twin stingrays and making them into BMX bikes before you could really buy one, you know, by changing up the seats. We got rid of the banana seats and put on the smaller <laughs> seats, and my dad uh, had some uh, pegs manufactured so I could stand on the back of the bike and so forth. So I always think back and go, that became such an industry. If I had had the wherewithal, I should have started making BMX bikes and you selling You were a pioneer. I, I guess. Well, me and a lot of other people of course. But uh, yeah, it was kind of the same with uh, I grew up surfing and I had a what was called a belly board, which was a small surfboard made out of fiberglass. And then this little thing called a uh, boogie boards came along made out of foam that anybody there. Again, I missed another opportunity. I'm story of my life, it seems like. But uh, uh, I love that. I have some cool pictures that uh, our friend at your PR company sent me of you flying through the air on a BMX bike. So maybe I'll post that on your show notes page. That's pretty cool. Well, let's talk about motorcycles. Gene Crouch is the chief operating officer of AMA Pro Racing, the sanctioning body for professional motorcycle racing in the United States. They are known as the NASCAR for the motorcycle world. American Flat Track is guided by a cadre of experienced professionals, all led by Gene. He brings a wealth of multiple disciplinary knowledge with nearly two decades of motorsports experience, including developing AMA Pro Racing's industry-leading timing and scoring software and the creation of Fans Choice TV. The group has built a foundation for the AFT that is launching this fun and amazing sport to the next level. We'll be back in just a moment, so keep your helmet on, your boots on, and uh, we'll fuel up the tanks, and we'll be right back. Autumn has arrived, the weather's changing, and that means your vehicles need extra protection against everything Mother Nature can drop. Covercraft offers you a multitude of layers of protection for your special rides. Are you putting your summer toys away? Watercraft, RV, motorcycles, trailers, or even your patio furniture? Covercraft has a custom fit cover for whatever your need. Covercraft offers you 10 different car cover options. That's right, 10 for your special vehicle's protection, whether stored inside or out. 
all carefully crafted into the form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. And don't forget their custom fit seat covers, pet pad, Fido's going to get wet and muddy, I guarantee it, dash mats, sunscreens, and custom fit floor mats and trunk mats. Whatever the surface you want to protect, Covercraft has your solution. If you use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code yeah 21 at checkout. Come on, Mother Nature, bring it on. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company, and I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework, I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider, according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with AutoGeek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail-order catalog company grew into a multi-website-based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So, Gene, we're back. So I want to talk a little bit about how you got to this point, and then we're going to dive into more deeply of what you're doing there. So kind of take us on a little bit of a history ride here. Notice the pun, a ride, because we're on bikes today, right? And then uh, what you guys are doing there uh, at this uh, amazing group, because you're really making it fun for all of us folks, whether we like to ride on the street or the track. So it's probably no surprise I I am in racing. I grew up in Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, which is the world center of racing. And uh, no surprise that I'm in motorcycle racing. As I mentioned, I, I grew up uh, racing BMX. So I think it was a natural evolution of my uh, my life and my career for uh, for me to find my way to uh, motorcycle racing here in the U.S. Um, I started my career 
uh, in sports cars, actually, uh, and it, with the sports car series called Grand Am or Grand American Road Racing. Spent a couple years uh, at the Rolex 24 and seeing some amazing uh, sports car races over the, over those few years. And um, we started a motorcycle series around 06 called Moto ST. Uh, that evolved over three years into something that was pretty cool. Uh, it was a startup, uh, but it, it gained some traction and there were really some legends from the sport of motorcycling that were involved in it. And at the time, I didn't realize that I was around royalty. These guys were <laughs> yeah. some of the, the, the biggest names in motorcycle racing uh, history. Uh, and, and I was hanging out with them every weekend. So that turned into uh, the Daytona Motorsports Group. Uh, Daytona Motorsports Group was formed in 08 and it purchased the rights to professional racing from the AMA. And I was one of the first employees. I think I was employee number three at, at AMA Pro Racing when we started our first uh, year in 2009. And I've uh, I've worked in every department within the company. And uh, as the company has grown, I've grown with it. Uh, I have been a part of some uh, really cool events, international events from MotoGP when they come to the States to working with Supercross, which is one of the biggest motorcycle sports in the world as well. And it's based here in, in the U.S., Flat Track, American Flat Track is our crown jewel here in Daytona Beach. We operate that series from our office in Daytona Beach. And um, it's a sport that goes back to the turn of the century 100 years ago. Board trackers, as soon as they put an engine into a bicycle, right? And uh, at the turn of the century, there were there were guys and gals that were racing them. Uh, that That's what the sport of American Flat Track evolved from. And uh, it's a series that was formalized in 1954 and has been running every single year since then we've been crowning champions so we're very uh we're, we're a very passionate team here in daytona beach and um you really have to love racing uh because of how you know intense the, the season is it's a it's a pretty fun experience all year long but it, i've always said it, it beats going to work every day we work <laughs> in entertainment you know we get to do what what people uh, save up their whole year for, and we get to do it every weekend and, and put on a good show for them. Um, so I'm very blessed to have the, uh, the the career path that I've had, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to come on the show. Well, this is fun. I love motorcycles. Rode motorcycles as a kid. Did a lot of uh, off road riding back in junior high and high school. We go down camping in Mexico, right up and down the beach and the sand dunes and all that stuff. And, you know, my mom never wanted me to ride on the streets back then, which, uh, you know, most moms don't. So I uh, did a lot of dirt stuff, which was so much fun. Uh, later got back into bikes. Of course, we chatted on our pre-show chat about some Italian bikes I had. But motorcycle racing as it stands today, there's such a wide variety of things. So, I mean, you guys seem to have your hand in a lot hands in a lot of stuff you walked us through a few of those but i mean what's a normal day is there a normal day for you <laughs> oh there's never a normal day if you work in racing uh, not just in motorcycle racing but in racing in general yeah uh, that's one of the great things about this industry is that you get to wear a lot of different hats and you get to innovate and be creative um you're blazing a trail in a lot of ways because the sport evolves over time cars get faster bikes get faster new technology comes out there's always something to learn, and it's that's one of the really um, uh, one of the, the best parts of, of working in the motorsports industry. One of the things that I really enjoy is the opportunity to learn and grow. Now, I take it you're still riding bikes today. Oh yeah, yeah. And what kind of bikes do you ride? I just uh, did a trail ride actually a couple weeks ago. Speaking of trail riding, yeah, up in the Colorado Rockies. So Ooh. I was on a Yamaha WR250, and we were at 9,000 feet. And being from Florida and going to 9,000 <laughs> elevation and camping. 
Yeah, uh, it's basically you get you get the bends like in scuba, right? I was I had like oxygen deprivation problems. Oh uh, yeah, so it, it was very difficult the first day uh, going out riding. You know, you're zipping around in the woods, and uh, after about 15 minutes, I had to stop and take off the helmet and just huff air to try and and you yeah. know get back to baseline. But yeah, it was a blast. Yeah, we have a little mountain over here called Mount Rainier. It's uh, 14,111 feet tall, something like that, and you, we go up to places at the eight, nine thousand, ten thousand foot level and go hiking and you find out how not in shape you are real fast when the uh, that oxygen can't get into your bloodstream uh get a little lightheaded and be on a bike can be even different than that so that's pretty cool you know when you think about the fact that you're working in your passion which is what cars is all about it's it's how you make your life fun uh not saying it's not without work but it's fun what are some of the favorite parts of your career favorite parts of my career when i started my favorite part was travel I wanted to see the world, and uh, motorsports gave me that opportunity. Um, I did a, a bunch of traveling here in the in the U.S., and then in 2007 got the opportunity to go overseas and, and be a part of a motorcycle uh, tour. I was in the chase van. I was the Sherpa that carried the bags, but it was a, just an awesome experience uh, to be able to, uh, to see different parts of the world. I've been to Dubai. I did the 24 hours of Dubai race Whoa. for a charity. Uh, a couple of years ago. So there, there's so many really cool experiences that, that uh, I've been able to be a part of. Um, and, and the travel was really what hooked me in initially. You know, when you get to travel a lot, and I used to travel a lot abroad uh, for my business, I'd go on 10 day trips all over Europe and Asia. One of the things that I found out, and I wanted to ask if you've discovered this too, is how vehicles bring all cultures and people together. It, it You know, you go into a new place and it's like, they're different. They eat different. They act different. There's a different vibe. But when you interject bikes and cars into that environment, all of a sudden you have a best friend, somebody you'd never knew before, right? Oh, yeah. If you're a gearhead, you're a gearhead. It doesn't matter where you're from. Yeah. Have you ever done the uh, uh, the Goodwood Festival of Speed? You ever been over there? Oh, no. That's on my bucket list. And it's funny you mentioned that because this morning I had two guests call in uh, for shows from England and those shows came up. That's one of my bucket list shows I want to go to. It was incredible. We were a part of it a few years ago, and we were able to uh, bring over some of our stars and ride. Uh, they, they rode their uh, race bikes up the up the, up hill. the hill. It was amazing. People dressing up in the cars. And, and you're right. It, it brings people from all around the world together. So that's one of the fun things about this. You know, I like to talk about what I call our driving inspirations, uh, people who've been mentors, inspiring to you. You mentioned being around the stars of motorcycle racing and at the time not even realizing the royalty. We'll use that word that you were around. Have there been or is there a, a, a person in your life that's been a huge inspiration for you? Well, out of the stars of motorcycling, I would say that my my time spent in, in my early career with Gary Nixon, uh, who is uh, a legend within the, the the motorcycle industry, was pretty cool. And I didn't realize how uh, how you know legendary he was at the time. I was I was young. I was twenty five or something like that, you know. Uh, and he was a very cool guy with a great personality. And so seeing seeing that seeing somebody that was so happy with life and able to just find fun in everything they did, um, it was certainly inspiring. And that really is how the motorcycle racing industry is. We're all it's entertainment. We need a lot of times in working in motorsports, we forget we think that we work in racing. We work in entertainment. And so being around all of these legends of uh, within the sport, it's great to see how fun how much fun they have every weekend and and how that brings joy to people's lives. You know, tell our listeners who may not know a lot about Gary. We lost him back in 2011, I believe it was. Who he was and why he was so special. 
Well, he was a rare talent uh, in the early days of, uh, of our sport, of American Flat Track. Um, Gary Nixon hopped on a triumph and was was uh, winning everything, you know. But he did it with a smile on his face. I mean, there's pictures of him with an open face helmet, his tongue sticking out, and he's sliding a motorcycle around <laughs> the turns. Um, I don't think that would fly today. We can't do open face helmets in racing anymore. But back then, man, uh, he was the, he was the man. Yeah, uh, really special for you of you or for for those of you listening that don't know a lot about him, just Google his name. There are tons of things. There's some great YouTube interviews with him. You can get a sense of his flair and who he was. But definitely, definitely a standout in the sport that made it so special for everybody. We're going to take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about a challenge you faced in your career or your life and how you overcame that. More importantly, what it taught you. So uh, again, keep the helmet on, the boots, and the gloves, and we'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars, yeah, for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or Type in Renew 12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to LinkageMag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles, skilled trade, visit rpm.foundation today. So let's talk about this big challenge question. I like asking this not to bring up a big pain in the rear in your past, but more about what did this particular situation teach you? So now you can look back and go, I'm kind of glad I went through that. Well, for me, that would be 2010. I had been uh, assigned a new department within a company called Timing and Scoring. And for those that don't know, Timing and Scoring is um, the lap times and the positions and the race results and the point standings and all of the data that comes out of a motorsports event. Um, There's a lot of data. And there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. And I spent the off season figuring it all out. And I thought it, I had it all sorted. I thought we were going to go into Daytona uh, at Bike Week and it was just going to be a walk in the park. 
the first session goes out, motorcycles are out there on the racetrack and we were um, sanctioning road racing at the time. So this was a practice for the Daytona 200, uh, big international, uh, very important event, really what the, what the motorcycle industry looks to as the kickoff of the motorcycle racing season. And um, the session ends, bikes come in. I think we're good to go. Let's go ahead and print the results. Well, the results wouldn't print. And next thing you know, there's journalists that are posting about how timing and scoring fails again. Oh, uh, no. What we came to find the, was the problem was that the printer was out of paper. Oh, no. <laughs> that was it? Check area. That was it. <laughs> oh, my God. So what I learned from that is you have to make sure that you check every single part of the pipeline from top to bottom and that your process uh, has to be robust enough to think of even things like having uh, paper in the printer. <laughs> well, I'm glad it was only that, and I don't mean to laugh at it, but I can only imagine at the time, it's like, oh my goodness, we're in trouble. Yeah. I can laugh about it now. <laughs> I yeah, was not but no. About it then, but, no, you know, not Challenges at the time. And, and failures are a critical part of growing. And uh, I've learned to reframe challenges and failures into opportunities. And I look at it just like trail riding. Um, the more uh, complex uh, situation is if you if you look at the obstacles you're going to hit the obstacles you're going to hit the tree you're going to you're going to crash into the rock if you look at the path and just keep on the gas you'll get right through i love that analogy in racing having raised vintage cars uh you're always looking way ahead not you want look where you want to go not where you're going <laughs> so that's right don't look at the tire wall <laughs> no sometimes yeah it's you know i remember my dad taught me that because riding my first bicycle two-wheeler down the street and running right into the mailbox pull and crashing it's because you looked right at it don't hit it don't hit it well you hit it right that's right <laughs> so, so when you look ahead at your career and what you're doing these days you're having so much fun but do you have a have a bucket list item out there that you're looking ahead you know we're up up against the new year the new year's resolution time is almost here what i'd like to accomplish in my career is improving the financial situation for the the, the guys and gals that are riding the motorcycles in our races uh, they're modern day gladiators. They really are. They go out there and they put on incredible races and it's entertainment for us. Um, what we need to do is, is stay laser focused on growing our fan base and raising the profile of our athletes so that we can turn them into household names like a NASCAR driver. Uh, and that way, what they do uh, and has always been their dream will be something that they'll be remembered for. How do you do that? Got to grow the fan base. So we're laser focused on that and, and focusing on ways that we can introduce new fans to the sport, whether it's through new media technologies like live streaming um, or social media or bringing the sport to new markets. Uh, this year, we're focused on bringing American Flat Track to uh, some markets that we haven't been to in a while. We, we went back to the Pacific Northwest last year. We went to Castle Rock Race Park, uh, not too far from you, and we had an incredible weekend. We, uh, we had 4,000, 5,000 people there, and the energy uh, was just amazing. And, and what we're working on now is bringing the sport back to some other markets that we haven't been to in a while, Arizona, L.A., um, and, and we're working on getting closer to uh, the Manhattan Metro. Um, so, yeah, we're very excited about the direction that we are taking the sport. And uh, we know that getting more fans out to the racetrack, once they see one of our races, they'll fall in love with it. And then that's how they'll connect with our athletes. You know, you hit on something right, because I'll talk cars with my wife and she's always supported me, but her eyes roll back in her head like, yawn, not interested. And I took her to a race in Del Mar. It was um, Can-Am light type cars. I mean, serious race cars. And she went with me kind of reluctant and fell in love with it. 
She's like, well, this is nothing like watching on TV. You got to be, this is incredible. And then taking her to a drag race. Well, they just go in a straight line. How boring is that? Oh my goodness. That thing fires up and you just, so you're hitting on something important. If, if you can get people out and here's a nice venue through podcasts uh, to tell people, Hey, you should give this a look. Just go try it. Go to a, a sanctioned event see it, experience it. The great thing about these events too is many of them allow you to get up and close and personal with the riders, walk through the pits, see the riders and so forth. Uh, you become a part of that and you see the personality and that might be a, a, a way to do it. The other one was this uh, Formula One uh, TV series they did recently. And my daughter is another one, not interested in racing. She's an F1 fan now. Oh yeah. It's because they focus on the people, not the cars. I think Drive to Survive, that, that one show, I think it changed the way that we all look at exposure within the motorsports industry. Um, we're so focused, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes we're so focused on the racing, right? We're so focused on getting uh, to the checkered flag. Right. But really, it's people connect with people. And so right. we, need to, we need to tell the story of the incredible personalities that exist within our sport. And that's what will resonate with America. Is there a Drive to Survive for the motorcycle world? Has that been done? We're working on one right now. We are in discussions with uh, NASCAR Studios, and we're we're trying to explore what we can do. So we are working on a project right now that will hopefully take off, and and maybe I can uh, come back on the show when it's uh, you know slide to survive, and, yeah. <laughs> and all of our guys and gals are uh, household names. But yeah, hopefully we can make that happen. We're working very hard towards that. That would be invaluable. And when you think about MotoGP, especially top elite one or Isle of Man stuff, we watch that and we it seems impossible. It's like watching rally racers go through the forest. How, how are they doing that? But when you can bring the personality into it, the guy gets off the bike, the girl gets off the bike and you see their face. All of a sudden there's a person there versus this object that's almost, I mean, I watch MotoGP and my heart starts going through my chest. It's like scary stuff, you know? Oh, and in our world, we have real raw personalities. We have authentic personalities. You know, in a lot of forms of motorsport, they have been media trained, right? Uh, there hasn't been much media training uh, in our side of the world. And and uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing because they are they allow their personalities to come out. And we have some really incredible stories. We have a husband and wife that race together. Um, and we, the wife sometimes wins. We have a family affair. We have brothers that race on the track at the same time. We have um, a really diverse set of athletes that compete in our sport, and they come from all walks of life. So that's why we're, we're pretty confident that if we can just tell that story, expose that, those athletes to America, that we know it'll resonate. Oh, it will. Absolutely. You're on to a, a great target there. So let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. I'm guessing it may be a motorcycle, but it doesn't have to be. It could be a car, truck, whatever. Uh, what is that special vehicle in your life? And share a story about it. So I'll, I'll tell one of the car stories. I uh, got a, a, an RX-8 when I was just about to graduate from college. I'd never driven a stick before. I had driven a, a Jeep that was a stick, but never a sports car that was a stick. So I buy the car. I'm in Deland, Florida. I buy the car and I, I drive back to Gainesville. Uh, having never really driven a stick before, I'm surprised I made it. <laughs> um, so fast forward five years, I've, I've driven a stick for five years now. I've got, and I decide I'm going to get the new RX-8. That's the R3 edition, which was at the time, I think SCCA had a class for it. And so I buy that car. I'm all excited. And, and uh, it, it rained. It was, it was a year that it was raining really bad here in, in Daytona. 
And I, I took the car and I decided I was going to go over to the gym at the Speedway, at Daytona International Speedway. Uh, that's one of the, 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 the you know benefits of working here. There's just a little gym in there. So I, I head over that way. Well, there was so much rain. I hydrolocked the engine. I had 380 miles on it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so blew the apex seals and had to uh, have quite an expensive rebuild. I think it was like 10 grand uh, for a car that I had had for, I don't know, three days. Ouch. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's, I've had some interesting experiences in my RX-8s. I really <laughs> like that car. You weren't supposed to share a sad story. You're oh. supposed to share a good story. That's, that's but, a memorable one. <laughs> well, yeah. no, Yeah. It only takes uh, one or two of those to go, oh, geez. I'll never drive through a puddle like that again. I'll tell you that much. No. You know, people don't realize, and even in big trucks and stuff, 4x4s, stay out of the water. They're not made for water. Uh, just go to what Ian just did. I forget the count of how many hundreds of thousands of cars that, that hurricane destroyed in Florida. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. Oh, yeah. We were impacted uh, much, much more heavily than we expected. Um, we actually had two of our employees that uh, had quite a, a significant amount of flooding in their houses and their cars. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. It's, that was an eye-opener for us. But Florida is a, a state that's kind of used to hurricanes. We bounce back and uh, we will rebuild. You too. You're a vibrant state. I love Floridians. I had a lot of people live here in the Pacific Northwest who've recently moved to Florida and some friends down in California as well. So you guys are having a bit of an influx of uh, people going there to live in that great state. So let's talk about a little bit of car psychology for you today. If you were reincarnated or reinbikinated, if there's such a word, if you were manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself, what would you be and why? I perceive myself as a Harley Davidson XR750, which has been described as the the most successful race bike of all time. Um, okay. Not that, I'm that, but uh, you know, we should all aim for that kind of legacy. Why is that, man? The Harley, uh, the Harley XR750, great performance, no brakes, timeless style, and maybe just a little high maintenance. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I like it. Great bike, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, kind of. It's one of those bikes to me that the Harley Davidson brand, the image that most people have, that bike goes somewhere else. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's, I think it's 583 wins and 29 championships. So yeah, yeah it, it it's unmatched. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's astounding. Now we love books here. Is there a great book you'd like to share? Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. <laughs> why am I why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so cool how the author weaves a great story with so many thought-provoking lines, you know? It turns reading from being a passive experience into a really active, introspective experience. And so it, I, that's an amazing piece of work. You know, my son bought me that book. He's a prolific reader, just like his mom. And he bought me that book when I started riding bikes again. And you and I talked about I had an MV Agusta's uh, F4 and I had a Ducati Monster, two bikes you love. And when he bought me that book, I went, okay, sounds interesting. And the first chapter I had to read like three times. I kept going, wait a minute, what? What's going on here? Yeah, very philosophical in nature, Absolutely. right? Very zen. Zen, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really, I almost gave it, I almost gave up and said, this book's weird. And he said, Dad, keep going, keep going. Yeah, you got to push through the first part. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, kind of unique, but I love it. So let's go on the ultimate ride or drive. I'm going to enable you to jump onto anything or into any car. I'm going to buy it for you. You can take it anywhere and you can go with anybody, even somebody from the past, which opens up a wide world of opportunities. What does the ultimate ride or drive look like for you? I got to say, I'm, I'm a bit of a space geek. I like to look at look through telescopes and uh -oh. study stars. So I would say that 2010 Tesla Roadster that Elon Musk shot out of a rocket a few years ago. 
Yep, they're floating around with Starman. (laughs) Yeah, is that the Starman? Okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, you know, when he did that, I just went, I love that guy. I mean, you know, love him or hate him. He's certainly controversial, but I, I just, to me, my hat's off to him and the way he thinks so far outside of everything and the fact that that vehicle... With whomever's sitting in there, some said it's David Bowie, but I think that's not true. But it's kind of fun to think about uh, floating out there. And at some point, there must be some extraterrestrial, some being or something that is cruising out there in the space and goes, what the heck was that? <laughs> you know, and then trying to communicate with them and then listening to the music and going, OK, I don't know where you came from, but it's a crazy place. Yeah, I don't know if Starman's going to have uh, very much conversation, but it's definitely it'd be a hell of a view to be up there. <laughs> Absolutely. There is a unique answer to that question. Never heard that one before. So uh, thank you, Gene. That was fun. So you've taken us on a fun ride today. This has been great getting to know you better. I wonder if you could leave us with some words of inspiration, wisdom, or some parting thoughts, mantra, success quote. So I have a a Latin phrase that it's a bit of a mantra for me. The phrase is ad astra per aspera, which means to the stars through difficulties. Uh, and I, I like to uh, reflect on that statement from time to time if I'm, you know, feel like I'm up against an obstacle. Uh, and remember that really to achieve greatness, you got to face your fears, overcome your doubts, summon your strength and rise to the occasion. You know, I love that. You, you brought back a, a memory. I had to take Latin in junior high. I could never figure out why are they making me do this? I live an hour from the border. I be, should be taking Spanish. Uh, but for some reason, I ended up in that class. And every day the teacher would put a saying you would pick on somebody random and we'd have to translate it. Of course, everybody had their head down. They didn't want to be picked because it was just, you know, so far out there. But that one I remember because my dad had told me that saying. And I, she picked on me and there it was like almost the stars aligned, you know. I had to use a pun for that saying. So I love that one. That one is absolutely fantastic. How can people learn more about AMA Pro Racing? AMA Pro Racing, uh, we have a website. It's amaproracing.com. Um, and our series are linked there. And uh, check out American Flat Track. We've got an 18-round championship that kicks off at Bike Week in Daytona, uh, March of 2023, and uh, tours the country for uh, several months, wrapping up uh, on, on Labor Day weekend with a doubleheader at the Springfield Mile. So come check it out. I would encourage you listeners, if you've never been to a bike race, just give it a try. You will probably get hooked because it is so amazing, so much fun. And it brings a different element to the whole experience that you've never experienced by just watching on TV or or even watching on YouTube, these little blips that we all get to see. So uh, check them out, amaproracing.com. You're going to have some fun. I want to do a shout out to our mutual friend, Robert Knoll, there at uh, Driven360 for bringing us together. Robert's brought some great guests to the show. So Robert, thank you very much. Gene, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and taking me for a little ride. This has been fun until you and I talk again. I'll see you down the road thank you very much mark you're welcome thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to cars to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun download your free copy of filler up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts download your copy today and we'll see you next time on cars yeah